when we put the effort forth to really advertise it, people are like, oh my god, I would love to go to this. Like, this is what I want. This is the content I need. <laughs> like, we need to fulfill that gap that's happening right now. Hello, women's hockey fans, and welcome to another episode of the Founding Four podcast. I'm your host, Erica Ayala. The Founding Four podcast is an independent women's hockey podcast, and this episode is going to continue our series entitled The Original Eight. The Original Eight series is my conversations with the eight NWHL players that have been with the league since the first season back in 2015-16. This episode, we will speak with the captain of the Connecticut Whale. She is one of the eight who has remained with her same NWHL team all five seasons, the one, the only, Shannon Doyle. I spoke to Shannon Doyle at the last regular season home game of the Connecticut Whale. They had that doubleheader with the Sound Tigers. We spoke after that game about being in the league for five years, some of the other players that she's competed against in particular, and what it takes to not only stick with the league, stick with anything for five years, but how Shannon approaches being on a Connecticut Whale team that in the past several seasons has struggled. She opens up about that, as well as with all of the rest of the guests that we have for the Original 8 series, we also ask them what they think the next five years of the National Women's Hockey League could look like. Really appreciated Shannon taking some time out to talk with me. As always, we had a good time. Here's my interview with Connecticut Whale captain, Shannon Doyle. Uh, here with Shannon Doyle at uh, Webster Bank Arena. <laughs> Last home game of the season. How you feeling, Doyle? Um, I mean, it's nice to play at home. It's always great. We haven't had that in a really long time, so it was really nice to see a few more familiar faces in the stand, so that was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Um, I think, uh, you know, one thing that has really been pumped up this year is that you and a number of other players been in the league all five seasons and you with the same team so that's what I want to talk to you today about okay. uh, you know just being able to to be someone that that founded this league and is still here what are your thoughts when you hear that um it's kind of surreal um it hit me a little bit more this year because we had so many new young players come right from college to our team so I was kind of feeling um my veteran role a little bit more this year um but it's been really really fun I mean every year there's always growth there's always areas to improve as well every season but I mean if we got complacent then it wouldn't keep growing the way it is so it's been great working with Danny it's been great working with Haley and Bray this year has done a fabulous job worked so hard for us um and I've just loved it. I've been super fortunate that I'm in Connecticut um, for teaching and coaching, and there's a team here, and so I have the ability to try out every year and hopefully get re-signed, and it's been, I mean, the stars have aligned, and I have been for five years, so, I mean, I can't say 
anything other than good things. I'm just super excited that I'm still here and now in a leadership role with the team. Oh, for sure, as I'm sure are many fans. Um, but, you know, you've, you've played with a few players that have come through Connecticut that are also part of the five-timers. But I'm actually going to ask you about everyone else. So <laughs> You don't get to talk about those folks. So keep it interesting. But um, so excluding Jordan Brickner, Elena Orlando, um, you have... Yeah, you can played with Fracken, so she you can't talk yeah. about her either. <laughs> yeah, okay, she's uh, I mean, what do you look forward to at those battles? I mean, it's like you always know you're gonna have like a really good level of competition against those players, and we all just truly love the sport. So when we're on the ice, I see them coming down. I know they're gonna give me their best, and I'm gonna do the same for them. And then when you're the game's over, you're like, great game, man! Like just like yeah. you love those players now because you've known them for so long. Even if you haven't played with them, you just have a mutual respect and appreciation for their game because. Corinne and Packer and Kira do a really nice job um, just being leaders and just great ambassadors for the league as well. So, I mean, it's just mutual love-hate relationship because they're not on your team, so you can't love them all the way. But, I mean, you do appreciate the things they do. Fair enough. And, I mean, that, that seems to be what – I've talked to Kira more in depth about this. Packer mentioned it after the All-Star game. But just, like, being – in a, in a professional setting, especially, in, unfortunately, in some ways, in a women's professional setting mm. for five consistent years, mm. there's a lot that goes into that. You alluded to it a little bit just with your situation being here in Connecticut, living in Connecticut, working in Connecticut. That's worked out for you. But, you know, things happen. Life, life happens. Yeah. And to be able to stick it out is something really tough that I don't think you all as the OGs get enough credit for. I mean, you know, if you could break that down a little bit, what are some of the, the tougher aspects of being not just with the league but with the same team for five years yeah I mean it's always tempting when the season ends and I mean especially with our team um, with our record I mean anybody would easily point out well why don't you try and go to a more winning program and enjoy some success I mean um, but I just love like the people that keep coming through the Connecticut whale roster and it's just always people that truly love the game and are just great to be around and they work hard and they care about you and I mean for me at this point in my career I mean winning is great and obviously I love that and I mean I miss it more times than not um, <laughs> this season but I mean it's about just enjoying being able to play and grow the game and if I'm with a group of girls that I know I love coming to practice to see and I love battling with on the ice then it's worth it the long drives are worth it the overtime getting up early staying up late the long hours on the travel like it's all worth it because you truly love each other so I mean love the whale so set for life <laughs> there it is she's, she's tapping the logo I love it I love it it's a podcast they can't see her oh no oh no <laughs> Um, you know, and another thing that, that's great about being with something for five years is, is, as you were kind of alluding to, the memories that you make. You've had lots of teammates come in and out. So when you think of just being with the Connecticut Whale, what are some of those memories that pop up in your mind? I think, like, just the, the biggest ones that I just love are, I mean, besides, like, the roadies where everyone gets to bond and just spend time with each other, I think you just love when those players score their first goal. Since I've been around for so long, I've gotten to see so many players come for their first time in the league and see a lot of those first-time goals. And it's just such a cool experience when you see their face. Like, I've done it. And you're like, yes, you have. And you get to give them a big hug. And it's just awesome. And you love it so much. Yeah, for sure. And Connecticut, I think, is the only team that's played a neutral site game for a regular season uh, game 
game every year. Oh, nice. um, well, maybe except for season one. But, I mean, also, in that way, Connecticut has really been able to help spread the word of the NWHL, whether it's Pittsburgh or even today. Um, you know, what have you seen in, in that respect as far as um, how the notoriety, if and how it's changed over the five years? Yeah, I mean, it's always eye-opening when you go to a new place. Like, even here, which is Bridgeport in Connecticut, and just because we're not in this arena um, before this moment, a lot of people are like, I had no idea that you guys were a team here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, we're so close. So when we go to places like Pittsburgh and people do a nice job of really pushing media and getting the word out before the event happens, I mean, every year we've gone to Pittsburgh, it's been a sold-out event, and it's been just an incredible atmosphere for our team and the team we play against. Um, So it's just, I mean, it's humbling because you get so excited when you see new fans loving the game um but it's also really kind of inspiring because you're like yeah we can do this like when we put the effort forth to really advertise it people are like oh my god i would love to go to this like this is what i want this is the content i need like (laughs) we need to fulfill that gap that's happening right now yeah for sure another thing that i asked kira i asked her this series of questions she was the first one um but i asked her thinking about the next five years obviously a lot has happened in women's hockey we can't ignore that uh, over the the past off season but taking that into consideration taking the your first five seasons in the league what do you hope for the next five years of this league and of women's ice hockey um I mean I really just hope we're all I mean both I will say sides like whatever you want to call it um air quotes used yeah sorry air quotes um like the dream gap and then us um in the NWHL I mean I hate it when people put us on like a like dichotomy like we're on two different ends of the spectrum we're really not we both want the best women's ice hockey and the future of little girls have these opportunities that we didn't have growing up um so we're all aiming for the same thing so ideally probably without me in five years at the end of that i doubt I will be still playing but hopefully I'll still be coaching and I'll still be growing the game in other aspects but I would love to see a unification of one league that's what we all wanted before this season was we wanted one league where everyone knew that this is where the best female ice hockey players were located and we have a large market where we're tapping into all of these areas and fans could cheer for us the east west we want what the NHL really has set up but it takes time it didn't happen overnight for the NHL they had jobs and played ice hockey for a while and then it builds and it builds so in five years I mean it seems like a far away kind of concept to think about but time really does fly I can't believe it's been five years already with this league and I mean year 10 I'm just expecting it to just keep digging its roots in and really forming those strong connections with fans in the current regions and also beyond those so look out for maybe Coach Doyle. We're going for GM Doyle, Commissioner Doyle. What, what are you going for? I don't know. That's stressful. I coach <laughs> high school right now, and that's stressful enough. I don't know. <laughs> All right. To be continued. We'll, have to, we'll see how you feel after this one. <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> thank you. As always, want to thank you for listening in to the Founding Four podcast. I am so appreciative of the support that I get, whether it's through the Patreon, um, through our Patreon page, whether it's on Twitter. I've been able to do some giveaways. We've had great participation there. Looking forward to do more. But one great way to support this show is by subscribing. That way you get every new episode right away, but also rating the podcast and especially reviewing the podcast. That's the next generation for the Founding Four podcast. We want to make sure that people know women's hockey has a market 
that there are people that know about women's hockey, that care about women's hockey, and that can interview women's hockey players. And we hope that the Founding Four podcast is a home for that. So help us by just popping in there, giving a little review. We'll have another episode this week. It will be the preview of the Isabel Cup final. The Minnesota Whitecaps versus the Boston Pride for all of the beans. I have Mallory Soliotis from the Boston Pride, a defender for the Boston Pride, who will join that episode. Had a great conversation with her as they were able to put away the Connecticut Whale in the semifinal to reach the final. So lots of exciting women's hockey updates for you. I think it's also important while I have a little bit of time. I mean, it's my podcast. I can do what I want. I do want to talk a little bit about women's worlds. The information came out, I guess it was Saturday, that the Hockey Canada Federation in partnership with IIHF had come to the conclusion to cancel altogether women's worlds. The coronavirus, unfortunately, has really impacted a lot of what's happening in the sports world in particular. Obviously, that's the lens of this podcast. But, um, you know, um, and lots of events are adjusting, some playing without spectators um, or being canceled altogether. And unfortunately, Women's Worlds is one of those things. I want to take a little bit of time to talk about this on the next Founding Four podcast episode because this has really big implications for what's happening for the national teams, not just in North America though. I think it's easy to, especially because Canada was hosting, to focus on the United States, to focus on Canada, to focus on the players that essentially are in the PWHPA. Well, you have to remember every tournament that Every women's hockey tournament that has been canceled and that has impacted PWHPA players in North America has also impacted other federations. And this is a time when women's hockey is starting to get very competitive. You had that amazing tournament, the last Worlds that we saw was in Finland. And they played the United States really close and it was a controversial game. Canada not in the gold medal game. And we haven't seen any international competition on the women's stage since then. Not to mention that, again, because of the PWHPA, some of these elite players are not playing as many hockey games as they're used to. I said I'd get into it on the next Founding Four pod, so uh, uh, consider this a little bit of a tease, but I did want to acknowledge that even on this bonus episode. So we'll have Mallory Soliotis. We'll have an overview of the Isabel Cup semifinals, a preview of the final, and then I'll get into my thoughts about Worlds. Until next time, thank you as always for tuning in to the Founding Four podcast. Mm-hmm.